Welcome, witches and wizards. You are listening to a very special eight-part Harry Potter series presented to you by Cheers Darlin' Podcast. I am your host, Sloane Avery, and I will be joined by some of Hogwarts' finest alumni as we revisit the films and discuss all things Potter. Join us as we deep dive, dissect, drink, and declare the ultimate daddies of the wizarding world. This is The Slug Club. Movie. No, two movies. He does the next one, doesn't he? Um, he's gonna die. He's gonna die because the end of the first second movie movie of the seven is Voldemort getting the Elder Wand. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, was a good. It was a good. What's in your? What's in your wallet? Does Valdi Dad never make an appearance in movie six? Valdi Dad. Yeah. We Voldemort saw did. well, right? This was Tom movie Reynolds six. Did, yeah. Well, so we the Grand, Grand Budapest P- Hotel, Daddy. We saw. Well, thank you. Like, like no. did he work? So they no. no, they use a flashback of right. him when um. We'll get to it. That's my very first. When actual, Daddy touches the ring. Right? That's my very first um mm-hmm. talking point. Actually, well, how's um, that supposed to can I get everybody to uh, individually check? check? One, two. Oh, individual. Ryan's good. Check hello. Sam. Hey guys, what's up? It's me, Sam. La da 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 da. Daddy, Daddy Snape. Hello, Potter. It's me. <laughs> I'm here. This is me talking in a normal voice, wondering. and sometimes I'm louder than that. All right. Harry Potter. Ah, oh, yes, the Dark Lord is also with us. We've seen a lot of you this year. <laughs> Does everybody have a cocktail? You guys have joined the Slug Club tonight. Oh. Oh. The Slug Club. The Slug Club? The, the, yeah, well, you guys are always in that. We're the founding fathers. But no, the Slug Club. Slug Club. Because we are talking about Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, where we have introduced ourselves to a new, but not so new to Hogwarts, but new to us, uh, teacher, Professor Slughorn, who has mm. his own club of all his favorite wizards and witches and you guys are my favorite witches and wizards so i'm warning for the slug and so we're gonna (laughs) 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 so on that note everyone wands at the ready and by wands i mean your drinks cheers darling cheers um, (laughs) clink clink i am the half blood prince i am the half drunk bitch (laughs) yeah i'm the full drunk bitch i just want to say before we start this podcast that there was a whole group text about how tonight was a night that everyone's gonna get wasty and i got absolutely pissed drunk and no one else is where i am and i'm feeling very very strong sam's eyes are glossy so i'm gonna assume she's probably always glossy she's Fucking perfect. I know it's true. Oh god! You're, I feel yeah. like you you've been paying no attention to how much I've been drinking because you're just so self centered. Torrance was drunk before you guys got here. This. We're gonna start a fight. Oh mm-hmm. fight! Right here fight. on the podcast. Yeah. I love Close. drunk fights. Go ahead. We can't fight about just pure facts. Mm. You're just expelliarmus. 
Reducto. I'm waiting a wand at him just to paint the picture. Um, I need everyone to keep their wands in uh, their uh, pants. Avada uh, Kedavra. Septum well, Sanctum. I just kind of ended it. Take uh, refuge in the <laughs> Septum Sanctum. <laughs> Take refuge in the toilet. That's the what I say. New club opening in West Hollywood 2022. <laughs> Septum Sanctum. <laughs> LA's hottest club is called. Twice. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Dumbledore dies, you guys. Hate oh my fucking oh, god. god! We'll get to it. Hate to break it I guess to we should have. I guess we should have recorded this after we watched the movie. Now it's spoiled. <laughs> so we just finished watching Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. We are in this thing. We have been <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we have been hunkered down. Watching these movies, quarantine has been good to us the last week because we have truly <laughs> <Okay>. spent <laughs> we have truly spent a lot of time diving so deep into these movies, and it's been one of the joys of the year, if not the only joy yeah. of this year. Um, I'm just thrilled to talk about this movie. I'm absolutely obsessed with this one in particular i can't wait to hear your thoughts because a lot of you couldn't remember yeah. what happened yeah. at all. No. and see i knew i was like oh here it comes oh oh god even the pinchers i was like here comes I, the pinchers. I was waiting for i've been waiting for the, honestly the the pincers yeah and just i think daniel rad so what i said wow ryan just pick one thing to say and say it <laughs> I think Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter under the Felix Felix Felicius whatever the fuck it's Felix called Felix Felicis is the best performance he's ever turned in and maybe ever will he's and so the pincer line in particular honestly is my favorite line in the entire franchise I yeah. love him on that stuff when he's like no, I, feel, I have a really good feeling about going to Hagrid's I'm yeah like, fucking bye he just bounces and everybody's like you know you have to do this thing. You're Harry Potter. What the? You're going off course. And he's like, no, no, no. Honorable I'm just drugged out. To Ron with the love potion, too. Very funny. Fantastic. Yeah. The I best mean, part. Really good performances in this movie. The yeah. best part for me was Except when Jenny, he sorry. was on. When Ron is, on, he's obviously been in this love potion for a long time, <clears throat> and we're gonna we're gonna talk more about that. But when he comes down from it and they do just one shot mm. on his face of him being totally obsessed and in love to realizing like where the fuck am i yeah. and he's like his voice drops and he's just like what the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's going on it's i love it moment. it's so good I, I feel like as an actor i would absolutely overact that and he just played it perfectly mm. I, w I couldn't help it i would just be like like I want to be subtle, but, but like how? A film franchise in which overacting is perfectly acceptable. <clears throat> like Amen. that's the world. But is he great for that. and he didn't overact it. He he was perfect, and so I was just like, wow, that's a challenging. That's a challenging moment. Notably absent from this movie, though, uh, Emma Watson's eyebrows. They they took a back yeah. seat. She literally like heard us on the last podcast, yeah. and then before this film, just con. Botox is a hell just, of a drug. That's what I'm saying. She took the Botox <laughs> between five and uh, six. Hell of a drug. Ain't nothing moving. Uh, great performance. She was it. trying yeah. to she move was, those eyebrows. They just would. They they just wouldn't do it. <laughs> Renly, what do you, what do you have? About? What do you have to say for yourself? Hmm? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Jenny was not it in this movie. Everyone was you so brilliant in this movie except Jenny. I'm not saying that every character ever on screen has to be super charismatic, but there's like nothing there. But she's, she's just like milk toast to me. She's a Weasley. 
That Weasley yeah. energy, that twinkle in the eye, the mischief. With the people who are, with the young people that mm. are not part of the trio, I feel like the actors do kind of get a little bit nervous when working with Daniel. And I wonder if that's like more presence on on set and like more people are watching them do this scene. Mm. It's like, wait, because obviously we're following Harry throughout this film. I feel like anybody who has, anybody young and, and maybe less experienced who ha- has their big scene with Harry, they might be just as the actors a little nervous it's or like uncomfortable. Incredibly nervous. And we, we're yeah. so, he's so comfortable that maybe they just look really uncomfortable. But I guess I kind of disagree. I don't, I don't find anything quote-unquote comfortable yeah. about Daniel Radcliffe's performance. Yeah. But the uncomfortability, the awkwardness, it he is able to use it as an asset. Mm-hmm. I There's something really authentic about his awkwardness, about yeah. his unsuspecting hero side. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, it's not like I'm saying, you know, quirky actors get out i just like he makes it an asset she makes it a weakness yeah and but the one thing that i'll say what i did notice during this movie my one good thing that i can say about jenny weasley (laughs) is that she does look a lot like lily yeah and we do tend to fall for our moms you know i guess i mean yeah but that's that's Honest, and I'm not. I'm not being a dick. I'm just trying to speak honestly. But I mean, he didn't know his mom. Yeah, but like the mirror of Erised and whatever. And also, yeah. it's you know, it's Freud. It's just in you. You can't help it. We got some hyper kitties over here. <laughs> there, I have cats just all over me right now. There's a Bailey sitting on the table. Oh, oh Bailey! Oh, Bailey! Her you little paws are on the table. Bailey, you too. If I was a Voldemort, I would make Bailey a Horcrux. You'd have to kill her. I wouldn't have to. Nagini lives. That's what I'm saying. And Harry as well. But what BT, if... But what if... W. So they... So I don't remember the lore. But does Lord Voldemort kill Nagini, the person, by turning her into a snake? Oh, bitch, I don't remember that shit. So if that were true and you had to... If I can make Bailey a Horcrux without killing her, I'll do it. Or was Nagini always a magical being who had the ability to turn into a snake? Like a, a werewolf, but with a snake. We watched Fantastic Beasts, but I can't remember. We did. I've, I've forgotten this. Well, Nagini's listen. In fanta- God, I need to. Mm-hmm. We got them. We, we got them. When this is all over, that'll be our. We'll next do we'll, the bonus episode. Uh-huh. Will be. <laughs> um, so we watched Half Blood Prince. Speaking of Half Blood Prince, um, we found out who that was. So um, the Half Blood Prince is actually Lupin. Snape. I am <laughs> the Half Blood Prince. It's it's Snape, and we don't in the movie they don't really explain why he's called that. Yeah, but in he's a Half Blood. Yes. Nailed so it. in the book. They go in a little bit deeper and they tell us that, you know, his mother's maiden name was Eileen Prince. And so he identified more with his wizard heritage. So he, you know, took the name Prince after his mother. Hmm. And also because it's just badass. Prince yeah. is a great name. We have, there's a precedent for that. Yeah, so the artist formerly known as Prince. Formerly known as Prince. But then again, he loved the name so much he went back to it as soon as he was allowed. Another, another thing I actually really liked thinking about that while watching the film was um, Professor Slughorn actually says to Harry when he walks in the room one day, he's just like, oh, the Prince of Potions. I saw, I clocked that too. And I was like, if you only knew. Totally brilliant. I really like 
Professor Slughorn's performance in this movie. I did too. Whoever that actor Jim Broadbent. is. So, so yeah. Samantha, you know him from Moulin Rouge. He's is the he dude. He's the dude. Spectacular. No, the Spectacular. The, the, the like ringleader dude. Like, yeah. Like the ringmaster kind of head of the movie. Everything okay, was I going knew he so well. Familiar. Wait, that is wild. Yeah. So what a different performance. Yeah. Yeah. Are they little stuff that you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The casting is honestly so good throughout this series. Like so many unique performances. Like yeah. veteran actors coming in. Just these like titans coming in and delivering unique, daring performances. I, like no, strong I mean, character choices. Everywhere. I do believe our favorite moment with Slughorn was when he gave the um, eulogy for the oh my for Aragog. God. Oh my goodness! Yes, that was. Body will decay. <laughs> I yeah no I mean with the exception could because yes like casting the the tried and true veterans absolutely one hundred percent all of them totally nail their roles but even the newbies the children all fucking nail it too with the yeah. exception of Cho and Ginny in my opinion <laughs> pretty much everyone else in the seven years of this film yeah nailed totally nailed it. I also like how Slughorn's a drunk Hundo. yeah. And he's just like, ah, oh, remember when it was just one broomstick? And also, like, such an opportunist <laughs> and, like, just totally. such a star fucker. He's like, totally. he's, all of these kids at his dinner are like, oh, your parent is wealthy uh -huh. and successful. Oh, we've, your we've other parent. We've all had that teacher, though, no? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and or just known somebody in our lives that's yeah. got that, that vibe. If you've ever taught anybody in any capacity, though, like, when somebody comes to you who has a talent or who you can identify, as being uniquely gifted Special. in a particular area, it's hard not to become a bit obsessed about it. And to like, or to give them some kind of special attention or want to cultivate that in some way. Mm. And then to want to take credit for it later. Right. Yeah. Yes. You know, be like, oh yeah, there we are together before mm. they were so-and-so, you know, they were yeah. just my student. It's more subconscious yeah. than that, but absolutely that is part of it. I remember like when needs, I used to, to be a part of it. when I used to teach dance, I, I would always gravitate to like, the really like cutest they're the cutest let's put them in the front and like you can't help it you do you know everybody has favorites yeah i hope that all your students are listening to this podcast they are you are all my favorites <laughs> you are all my favorites no you weren't only the cute ones bitch yeah no only the ones actually the they knew yeah. <laughs> they, they knew. knew. They knew. Oh, those bitches in therapy now. They knew. Hey, man, I was in the back a couple of times myself, so I understand. Sometimes you ain't the cute I one. I mean, I quit dance class, so what does that say about me? You're Everybody drink. Put in front all the time. <laughs> oh my god, girl, I was not put in front. Mm. Tall people in the back. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> all day. And also, I can't dance. Wow. 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 So. Wow. What I could have really used back then was some liquid luck. <laughs> So that's my awkward segue into <laughs> nice, you nailed it. the Felix Felicis Felices Felix Felicis the Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad of Harry Potter. This is another potion that we learn about from Professor Slughorn. Finally, a teacher is teaching some shit. Yeah, we're learning some things this year. Literally finally, craft like a, an instant death potion. He's like, mm, yes, that would kill us all. I think. <laughs> Yeah, so they've got But also, this, uh, like, all the directions in all the books are wrong, and Snape was in there being like, actually, just do two of these. Like, yeah. Does that mean literally for, like, the last sort of three to four decades, uh, everybody's <laughs> been making that potion wrong by, yeah. like, a, a significant margin? Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you, like, when we make curriculum fit everybody, 
Nobody goes... One size fits no- none, I say. That's what I was trying to say, but I'm too many tequilas deep. Oh, tequilas. No, so, no so, tequila. So the, luck, the liquid luck potion, as it's um, called, you know, Harry Potter gets this book... <laughs> that starts telling him all, all the tricks to, you know, make all these potions. So he obviously is just acing through his classes. He gets this, uh, he makes the potion the fastest or whatever the the thing was. And he gets this liquid luck. And then he pretends like he's going to give it to Ron to help him with his Quidditch game. Yeah. And, but he, he doesn't actually give it to him. But Ron goes and like plays the best Quidditch game I've seen on this entire movie the, the like, only time any position other than seeker has ever been relevant in quidditch yeah right. in yeah series. we love a placebo we love a placebo we love it and so that was really sweet of harry to do and hermione's all like <laughs> and i'm like why wouldn't you be like damn harry that was clever what's up like, yeah exactly talk to me I harry and hermione why did that never happen why did just kind of happen and at least like oh I guess we're better friends you just know what I mean like yeah, they get exactly. drunk and fuck one time and it's like oh well, not for me they're gonna have a sexually charged dance in a tent very soon I don't give yeah, a fuck like, I do I want it's a very intense dance yeah, it's like a sad I want an intense alright I just I don't need them to end up together but I just want them to explore it it's it's, like it's, it's high it's, school you're trying to release your sexual tension. That's, this isn't about them anymore. You got some pent up. Definitely. <laughs> Can we just go back to Harry and Hermione, though? Because I just feel like, come on. One time? Come you know, on. I kind of want it to happen, just because uh, it's fun. It's a love triangle. That's your, that's your most important male, most important female. Yeah. Yes. I Precisely. Mean, that's we all see there is to it. He can end up with Ginger Ghost. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just like one time. How about Her- Hermione? Or... Our lovely lady Luna. Oh, yes! bitch! I ship that too. In her pretty, pretty dress, and she's obviously part of the Slug Club. Yeah, because she's smart. There are a few people I wouldn't want to see Luna end up with. Yeah, yeah. She Luna just, she also just sort seems of like a good time. That, yeah. that dress at the dance, like, is she part of the Slug Club or part of fucking Jen and the Holograms? Like, <laughs> I, I made a gag earlier Jam. that she was Judy Jetson and nobody got the reference. I got the reference. What are you talking I about? It. It. No, I watched that shit. Yeah, but then I sang the song from the Jetsons. Movie. I didn't know the song. Yeah, that's right. Here's my Judy. That's the name. Somebody. We fly in the car in the sky. Anybody listening, I know this. Gleep, glorp, fizzle, fossil, zip, zop, zam. Is that what the robot that's says? The, that's that's the song. That's the hot new pop song in Jetsons the movie. It's um, by Billie Eilish. Walls. <laughs> it's by it's Robert. Wall. It's by Richard G. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Only the real ones. Only the, the real ones. ones. Oh. And and cheers, darling, to Richard Cheese. <laughs> cheers. Uh... Dicky Cheese. We love him. All right. One other potion that Slughorn teaches us is the love potion. Mm. And in the uh, scene where they're learning this love potion, Hermione gets up and she's like, you know, she'd be raising her hand first. She's like, oh, I know what it does. And it's like when you smell it, it smells like some of the things that you're attracted to. Yeah. And she says, like, fresh parchment and some other shit and then spearmint toothpaste which and is fresh cut grass and fresh cut grass and the potion changes colors based on the um in, at least in the movie to based on what it is that you're smelling at the time so it was green for grass and stuff so my question is for you guys what would your love potion smell like 
Well, I don't know. I, maybe I'd have to smell it first. I would say mine would smell like a floral shop. Just, you know, like a bunch of fresh flowers, um, warm vanilla sugar, and sawdust. Mm. Weird. You just described what you and your dad smell. <laughs> <laughs> Together, or do they both smell the same? <clears throat> Sam smells like a floral shop in vanilla, and her dad smells like sawdust. Mm. Yeah. It's like childhood memories. I yeah. smell like sawdust. none of those things. <laughs> Actually, so, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I, I had this moment the other day where I put on a shirt that I had previously worn two days ago, and I and I went, it "Smells like my dad." And it was at that point I realized that I'm officially at the age where I smell like my dad. <laughs> it, it, to the point where I put on a shirt of mine and it smells like I'm wearing somebody else's shirt. But it, it brought me a strange comfort. Wow. I liked it. I'm daddy now officially. You are How daddy are you? now. You've done been daddy, Torrance. Been daddy. Um, I, I don't know. I think anything if it smells like Sloan, I'll probably love it. Aww. Aww. What oh, do I smell like? Is? You smell like you. Elaborate. Elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Make an assessment. Um, what is, I, I don't know. How, how do you describe? I guess um, fresh freshness. Because I shower all the time. You, you shower. You you are a shower. I shower well, like twice a day. Yes, you're a, a, a well-washed human. Thank you. Um, just, I don't know. Just I'm going to tell you what I smell like real okay. quick. What do you smell like? I smell like fresh linens. Fresh lemons? Linens. Linens. Yes, you do smell like fresh linens. Because I've been doing the laundry. Sloan, yeah. Sloan smells like a fresh pile of laundry that you yes, carry your yes, face in. Yes, yes, My love potion would smell like <laughs> shampoo, yeah. laundry detergent, and <laughs> makeup. <laughs> Make, like, smell a foundation. Yep. Some makeup's kind of stingy okay. though, low key. You've ever had like a foundation put on you that kind of oh, smells no. like animal carcass? Yes, like, one hundred percent. That's it. not the makeup I'm talking about. That's I'm talking about like the fancy. Makeup. Just got this for Christmas. Yeah. It's all vegan makeup that yeah. Sam be wearing. Ooh. My um, love potion would smell like firewood. It would smell mm. like it would probably smell like smoke from when a candle blows out. Mm. Um, and it, it would smell like sandalwood. Yeah, and it would smell like wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you like wine and sandalwood, then no wonder you like it. And maybe balsam. I love balsam. Yeah, I guess if we're being real, my love potion would just like the faintest, faintest smell of Of weed. <laughs> <laughs> just ever so faint. Not the skunky, but just like someone smoked in here two days ago. You know what I mean? Like, Which reminds me. <laughs> Where's it at? Where's Kiki? Kiki! Do you love me? <laughs> Did Dick Cheese cover that song? I will die. Oh my god, we gotta look it up. This is a fun one for Samantha. Ooh, I'm here. So, last time... Was it last podcast? Oh, it doesn't matter. In one of these podcasts, we, we were talking about the cuties on here. We were talking about, um, who are your favorites from the Harry Potter characters that we've seen so far? You loved Cedric, Dean obviously. Thomas. I love Cedric. Love Dean Thomas. I think Dean is really cute. I think I wish I would have noticed him more when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Cedric, Dean Thomas, Daddy Snape. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm thinking of the younger characters. Oh, the younger ones. Sorry. Uh-huh. Okay, let me go back. Um, I think Neville's really cute in this movie. Um, is Neville even in this movie? Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's serving at the Slughorn oh, party. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't get into the Slug Club. I honestly, I feel like he started to get cute in this movie, and they were like, oh, we can't have him on camera. They right gave now. him like, a hard part to the side and a, like, a slicked comb-over situation, and I was like, less I don't remember product. from the book. Mm-hmm. Does Neville really matter in the sixth book at all? 
Because um, obviously the fifth book, like, he's I part of the prophecy. The and the yeah. seventh book, he's very important as well. Indeed. Yeah, but as far as the cuties go, um... Snape. Draco had a little bit of a glow up He had a glow. Too. He had a glow. He had a glow. Yeah. Uh, it was he's, more of, like, a he lost glow. Like, yes. he was, like, he darker, dead yeah. deader he's inside. Like, kind of like sweaty. Emaciated. Yeah. We call it heroin chic. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was another one who I thought took a step forward in his acting. Hundo. Yes. Where he, like, he, there was something more nuanced about him as mm-hmm. opposed to just like he was given as a little kid he's obviously just given the direction like be yeah also ron had glow up this movie Hundo. he looked like he looked like he was looking he looked better than last rupert grinch is sexy i don't give a shit what you think the thing that i liked about draco was was that he had something going on in his head and he he wasn't just like being a dick because haha yeah, I'm a dick. see the wheels turning between what he wants he to be and what he's, what's expected mm-hmm. of him. Yeah, so so and dad's in prison and it's hard. Life is hard now. Yeah, dad's in prison. Yeah, yeah right off the top, it said he was in Azkaban. Yeah. How did that happen? Was, well, he was around. Before. It was like towards the end of the last movie. He was seen at the scene of the crime, and it, when it when oh, this I movie they, opens, that they all like disappeared. Dumbledore well, and Potter were vindicated. Yeah, right. when this movie opens, like, well, Dumbledore saw him doing some stuff this time. Like, there's a photo of him. That's like Azkaban. In fairness, the only mention of it was in a newspaper at the I start see. of the movie, and Ryan can't read, so no, uh, yeah, I that's can't. True. That's true. So I wanted to talk about the cuties because yeah. um, I found one for you. Oh. So um, obviously, we know that Voldemort is played cute. by oh. well, Voldemort Adorable. is cute in all forms. You know, mm-hmm. we've got we've got Tom Riddle, back of Quirrell's from- head. Baby Voldemort in the cauldron. <laughs> you better back off, Baby Voldemort dibs. Um, so, so we've had many different um, phenomenal actors play Voldemort, and then we also have you know Ralph Fiennes plays the um, the big daddy. Yes. But did you know that his um, nephew also plays Voldemort? Ralph Fiennes' nephew. And did you know that he is a Kyut? Is that Joseph Fiennes' he- son? I don't. Do we know? I think it's. Or is it? A, is there another? Brother I think there's or a third somewhere? brother. Wait, is that the Voldemort that's in this movie? So there's a couple Voldemort's in this movie, but the Wait. one I'm talking about is very small. He's the one when you first when you first oh, meet my him. God, in the epi- Dumbledore. The orphanage. So in the orphanage, so Dumbledore first meets him, and he's just a precious little cutie, right? Yeah. So he grew up to be. I mean, he's about your age. Okay. He's a model. His name is Hero. Hero? Hero Fines. Like sandwich? Wait. Yep. Wait. Like Hero like a hero. My fucking parents named me Ryan. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> you could always change it. I mean, I think Ryan's oh, good. Oh, but he's a dude that's in those after movies. Oh, God. That's based on the Harry Styles fan fiction by that crazy chick, Anna Todd. There's a... What? Cute, but as an adult, or maybe it's just the horrible material he's given in what is now made I him mean, the most it's famous. Harry Styles fan. You can fiction. totally see that the little Voldemort. Boy in the little, boy. little boy. But wow, I had yeah. no clue. That is wild. We should get drunk and talk about it. I'm day. so down. So far, there are many fine siblings. I've looked this up. So, oh, have you? So, 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 so Ray finds uh, Joseph finds obviously who's in Handmaid's Tale, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, is his brother, but then there is Martha Fines, Magnus Fines, Sophie Fines. Um, yeah, th- those are the siblings. And um, Hero Fines is uh, the, the son of Martha. Interesting. So not of one of the brothers, but of the sister. That's all gotcha. Fines and good. Do you want to know? Fines and good. Do you want to know a fun fact? <laughs> yeah. 
I auditioned for teenage Voldemort in this movie. What? Now, granted, I have no idea what the gig was there. I think it was just one of those, like, please send your submissions of anyone between the ages of 14 and 25, and we'll see what... And then, obviously, they probably already had their lists and went with a Brit, but I think it was just one of those, like, open casting things. And so there was a casting call in Minneapolis, Minnesota, (gasps) and... They probably sent you a dummy script called, like, Love on Ice or something like that. Absolutely. But but I auditioned, and then I got to, like, the next round, which was still probably not even fucking close, but I remember being like, I'm gonna fucking be Voldemort, you guys. Oh, my God. God, You should have been. I shouldn't have been, because Homeboy nailed it. He was so good. I only became a good actor in the last decade, I think. Amazing casting for sure. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah. That whole the whole Slughorn Horcrux, everything about that scene was, was fantastic. phenomenal. And also that casting was just so good because those eyes. I looked at the eyes and I saw adult Voldemort eyes. Like it was. Wild. So there were a couple people who auditioned for that part, along with Ryan McCartney, <laughs> who should have gotten it, and that was uh, Jamie Campbell Bower. Um, and Gellert Grindelwald, oh wait, he ended up playing Gellert Grindelwald in wow. Deathly Hallows Part 1. And I have to ask, Tor, didn't your friend play Dumbledore in a clippy and then it didn't show? Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so Toby Regbo, who I did uh, Rain with, he was cast as young Dumbledore, shot the thing, but uh, it didn't make the movie. So what I think happened is, I think it's for the Deathly Hallows Part 1, and I think this Jamie Campbell Bower guy ended up playing Grindelwald in the scenes. For that. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. I mean, um, then there was... Um, they kind of, interestingly enough, those guys, um, there's they have a similar energy for me. And, and I think they've been cast in a couple of things together. And I feel like they, mm-hmm. one day they're kind of destined to play brothers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. There's also um, James Lee Hunt and Andrew Clark, who are I, actors. And but Frank Delane plays dumb. Uh, who play Frank Delane plays Tom Riddle in this. Mm. Oh, okay. and he's amazing. Yes. And you were talking about the eyes. Yes. I can totally it see was it. Perfect. He, I remember growing up being like, he's an oh, like I don't like him. He's Voldemort. But like watching him now, I'm like, man, he was good. Phenomenal. He was so good. so good. So scary. It's perfect. Yeah. He was really good. It's funny when you get a when you get a really great villain and somebody plays them well, they become as lovable as the heroes, don't they? Yeah, yeah. As opposed to like an Umbridge who you love to hate, Ugh. you love to love Voldemort. It's yes. so true. Tom Riddle, especially, we love an origin story. Yeah, I love Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle literally is Harry Potter, just with a few very tiny, very crucial details changed. Yeah. That's what Harry's worried about the whole time. Yeah. It's like, are there any details changed, or is that literally me? Hundo. Um, Daniel Radcliffe's least favorite um, movie that he's worked on, because he said that he was um, very intoxicated most of the movie, and that he can see it himself, and that it, he's not proud of it. The That's so interesting. Not knowing during that filming? detail, I never would have known. So... He yeah. was like drinking to get through the movie. He was drunk on set. Yeah, he he that? just said he's not very good in it, and that was hard to watch because wow. um, he was struggling with alcohol addiction, and and you know he he can tell in certain scenes that he was intoxicated. 
Well, it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to watch it through that lens again. I, I certainly, it didn't jump out. To I've me known that, I've known that he said that for like years. So when I remember watching it and being like, I don't know, he seemed a little dead inside too, but I thought it was just part of the character. And then when I rewatched it after knowing that fact, I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of see it. Like he is a little like buzzed in the, in the Felix whatever scene. And then, and then, you know, going forward, he sometimes is asleep at the wheel. But, it's funny because I, I, I had a very fleeting thought of just like, man, it would have been really fun to experiment with the idea of like getting Daniel a little buzzed mm-hmm. for the Felix feces yeah. potion. <laughs> oh. I don't remember what it's called. Um, and it sounds like maybe he had the same thought, but <laughs> through a different lens. Yeah, but he, he just he he did prep for that scene for months in advance. Right? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, we haven't Years. seen him drunk but we did just watched him watched it we did, we, did him. we haven't seen him uh, i guess technically drunk but we did just watch him in uh hot ones over quarantine he was doing a That's little right. interview there it is funny how that almost simulates drinking is it like mm. you, you eat enough hot sauce and <laughs> yeah you enter a drunk like euphoric state right where nothing really matters and your lowered, yeah. Are very lowered, yes. yeah. <laughs> and um this is the only, um, sorry, this is not related. This is the only Harry Potter movie to be Oscar nominated for the Best Cinematography Academy. Oh, the wow. Only, the only movie to be nominated for anything or the only one with a cinematography? For Best Cinematography. Wow, you know. It is it's, a beautiful movie, Exactly. Too. Like, it, it does take on a different tone. Even just, like, yeah. we, I feel like we all mentioned the coloring in it. Um, is used very strategically in a lot of different scenes. But also even just the shot choice, like when they're introducing everybody and they're kind of like looking up at that staircase in the Weasley's house and people are popping out of different nooks and crannies. Yeah. Moments where uh, that scene with uh, Dumbledore and Harry in the the thingy where he's like force feeding them all that shit and the demons are closing. Like the the way the light plays off everything and the shadow is really, really cool. And the Dutch Dutch tilts and the force perspectives and the dream sequences when we're in, or not the dream, sequences excuse me when we're in the pensive and all of that like mm-hmm. you know that that very blatant uh, cinemagraphic is that a word sure. like tonal shift when we go there yeah, even walking you, talks down the, the hallway or have like interesting angles like yeah. coming up at them like 45 degrees like looking up under their chins and it's just a walk down the hallway it kind of creates this sense of urgency and um and uh, uh there's something is off you can just tell that like the the stakes are high and it's not just a normal year at hogwarts and it will never be again Mm -hmm. yeah and you know we lose dumbledore it's funny you just mentioned the um the scene with the cursed water in the cave um so i never understand what's going on in that scene Hmm. and i um I looked it up, and so in, in that scene when um, Harry is forcing Dumbledore to drink the, the cursed water in the cave, um, Dumbledore can be heard saying, it's my fault, it's all my fault. Oh. And it's revealed in uh, The Deathly Hallows Part 2. he also saying, two. like, kill me? Yeah, he's saying shit? a lot of things. You know, this man is dying. He's saying stuff. And so in, it's revealed in The Deathly Hallows Part 2 that um, Dumbledore's sister died from a stray curse while he and his brother and best friend were dueling. And uh, so he was, he had always blamed himself. And so in that scene, he's reliving those emotions and, you know, on the brink of death. Sad. Wow. I remember the book, that scene making a little bit more sense, but also yeah. like yeah. not Me being too. able to visualize it at all. And the movie 
visualizes it very interestingly, but yeah. I, I've forgotten some of the finer details which don't come across in cinema. Yeah. I, I, I feel, and, and granted, I mean, J.K. Rowling doesn't do us any favors with the fact that she wrote these thick-ass books mm -hmm. at the very end of her franchise, but it, it, it seems to be the case that with 5, 6, and 7, frankly, even split into two movies, that there are so many... I wouldn't say crucial, but certainly pertinent details that just completely fall to the wayside mm -hmm. where it's like, we could have perhaps used more of the context. I mean, in this movie, I think a great example is the whole Sectum Sampra curse and just the Half-Blood Prince quandary of yeah. it all. You know, that Harry is reading Snape's book and all of the backstory with Snape. And yeah. because don't, don't we like go into a memory of Snape at his house or something. I, I, I there just... are six dream sequences in the book that they um, they revisit Tom Riddle's past, but in the movie they chose not to do all of them because it would it was just going to be kind of more distracting from the main storyline. So they tried to pick scenes out of those dreams that would um, further the plot and basically not get too much into Tom Riddle, but definitely like bring you back to when he was a student when right. he turned bad right sure. i'm i'm talking about i'm talking about S snape i and i'm i'm not doing us any favors because i can't remember distinctly but but i vaguely recall a a, a sequence or a vignette of of S snape's past as that's, a child that's next so that's, that's in that's in more move. That's we haven't gotten to Snape yet. Despite this movie being called the Half Blood Prince and Snape literally being Half Blood Prince, the next movie kind of delves more into it. I see. Okay. Yeah. So in, I did this too. I did this in the last podcast too. I was talking about all this shit with that hasn't happened yet. Right. And but then it you came remember up in this one, and I was like, oh, it's in no. Six, but it's interesting five. to to ask the questions because yeah. So it we in the in the Half Blood Prince we we find this book. We don't know it's Snape. You, I mean, if you're super duper smart, you probably, you know, caught on. But I remember being like, oh, it's him when he used his spell at him. And he's like, you dare use my spells against right. me. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. So you know, meanwhile, we've also seen the Elder Wand like a thousand times. And right. we, ha we don't know that yeah. that's what it is yet. So it's kind of like, they're going to reveal it. But I think they give Snape a proper uh, backstory and a proper... Um, not episode, but like kind of a mini episode within the film. I seem to remember that in the book, and correct me if anybody remembers, the book seemed to hint fairly heavily constantly that the Half-Blood half -blood Prince was Voldemort and that yes. Harry was pretty convinced that he had Voldemort's journal. Yes. And yeah. so he was very conflicted about using any of the information and worried that it yeah. would lead him down that path. And the movie does hint at that, yeah. but I don't think the emphasis is there as much. Yeah. With Harry's worry that he's headed down that path. I mean, yeah. honestly, my first impression, because I forgot a lot of the stuff that happens in this movie, I think because the last book that we saw was Tom Riddle's, like, my first instinct was like, oh, okay, like, this is going to be Tom Riddle's potions book. Mm. You know, like, I think that's kind of what they want you to believe for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but... It's it's a nice little twisty twist. Do we remember is did Harry end up with that by chance or did somebody make sure he ended up with that? It? 
is exactly that was my next question. Well, I, so I think that everything in this whole storyline is so methodically planned out, especially I mean, I mean, as far as the characters decisions are going, I think that Snape planted that book. But I, or somebody, it's... To make sure that Harry had the tools to be a better wizard somewhere along the way? I think that it's been planned all along. I could be just, you know, thinking that myself. I think you're correct. But but I don't think any of this is an accident. Literally down to Snape being underneath the floorboards with Harry in that astronomy tower when the whole thing's going down and shushing him. Like, everything was methodically planned out. By Snape, because yeah. he's a double agent right now. He's doing all these things, and for both sides. And I, th- I think he, I think he, you know, because yeah, because you know, Harry gets there, and all of his, he doesn't have any of his books. He doesn't have any of his things. You know what I mean? Like they all, all their stuff got searched at the beginning mm-hmm. of the thing. I think he made sure he didn't have his books. He got well, stuck on that train. But he wasn't going to take know? the class. Exactly. I mean, my my only pushback, I, like I, I believe that everything about all of the events that transpired was planned either by the forces of good or the forces of evil. But I think that Harry acquiring Snape's old potions manual is an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think... It's an interesting choice. I think it's an accident because the only way it could have been planned, the only reason he went to potions class was because McGonagall saw him in... Ron in the hallway and was like, you guys look like you have too much free time on your hand. Like, why don't you go to the potions class? I think that's for us for the movie. I huh. think I think that Dumbledore brought Harry to go get Slughorn. I think it's all Dumbledore. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. and you're right. A- acquiring Slughorn to be yeah. at the school so that Harry could befriend Slughorn and get that memory. Uh-huh. That's all... I just feel like that was a purposeful. movie choice to have McGonagall yes, go and do that. Yes, I scene. agree with you, yeah. but 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 all of that's purposeful. Harry's relationship with Slughorn, Slughorn possessing the memory, all of that is pers- purposeful. Yeah. But Harry's possession of Snape's old textbook does not change any of those events. But Snape was the potions master, so he definitely left that fucking book there. Yeah. So it's. I think it's but, a Snape plan. But so that Harry can what know how to make potions better? It it has it has no consequences in the plot. I I, I think out of I mean yeah. I I do believe that so much of all of these I mean even the um, unbreakable vow. I mean yeah. we all know that Snape went straight to Dumbledore after that happened and said I made this unbreakable vow. So what are we going to do? And they made the plan of okay, you're going to have to kill me, and this Wait, is what's what? going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. When? when when Snape makes the unbreakable vow at the beginning of the movie. But we see that happen? Is there like a flashback or something? No, or is that we, in the book? We see... No, this is just something we have to assume because we know, based on everything that we've seen and are about to see, that Snape is a good guy. Well, So so we haven't seen this yet. We see this in the next movie. We never see this, but I, we're... We never, we never see him tell... Dumbledore that he's made the unbreakable vow. But of course he did. Dumbledore had him do it. Yes. Dumbledore, there's no way Draco Malfoy can expel Yarma's Dumbledore. Yeah. Like, Dumbledore let that happen. Yes. Yeah. 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 But, oh, so, so, but so, you said they had a conversation. They must have. Why? Well, they've been having conversations anyway, and I don't sure. think that, I think that is left to our imagination. I don't think that we're supposed to really, like, know all of but that. But they must have. When, they had when, to. When, when, when Bellatrix tests Snape's loyalty to Voldemort uh-huh. and says, well, then make the unbreakable vow. Yeah. Snape doesn't want to. 
But yeah. he, but when he does, he, he is now bound. And I believe from he the lore of the book, if you to. break the unbreak, unbreakable vow, you die. They yeah. said that in this movie. So. No, he knows. He knows. You he, have to imagine that the next step is Snape going to Dumbledore and saying, listen, I made I this unbreakable it. vow. I have to carry out what Draco can't do, which is to kill you. So how is this all going to go down? Huh. I mean, we, we just I have think to they, assume. I think they planned it that way on purpose. I think they had him. I think that was a Snape Dumbledore once again a combo of them going. You and yeah. well, and you're gonna see in the in the next couple of movies, they do say it had you know it had to be you. You sure. had to do it because if not, how would they believe that you're you know with us with like yeah it's yeah. it's really to save Snape's life as well. Mm. And Dumbledore's yes. kind of like I gotta go. Like they're gonna get rid of me. I'm 150 you know? anyway. I'm super duper dead the anyway. Super funny. He's 115. Dumbledore seems super ready to die this whole movie. Yeah. You know, like he, he's, he's kind of like he's been making around. preparations. And he knows that it's coming, so might as well. The love of his life is in Azkaban, like, What's you know. The love of his life? Grindelwald. Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> All of the events in the in in the movie, you can trace them back to singular moments that tie everything together as a plan. It's going to come... Except for Harry's possession of Snape's old textbook. I genuinely think that that is just happenstance. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I wonder, because it, it's sort of like, it feels planted, but is it planted by Dumbledore? Is it planted by Snape? You know what I mean? Like, did Snape even have possession of this anymore? Or did Dumbledore kind of hang on to it and sort of make sure that Harry found it? Yeah. You think he would have just handed it to him and said, like, here, follow this. It's got some good shit in it. But Snape clearly knows he has it and knows about the Half-Blood Prince at the end. He's like, I am the Half-Blood Prince. So he knows uh, using I feel my like... own spells. But like, he Snape knows... knows that Harry knows the spell knows the because spell. he right. used it on Drake right. or tried to. You know what I think is the most important thing is that this actually isn't that important to the plot because all the stuff's going on anyway the Half-Blood Prince book, Snape's reaction to when he does that spell is kind of like, oh, so you did get my book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Uh, I so kind of yes, he found it. I kind of feel like it's a little like, oh, that's where that thing went. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's, it's yeah. not yeah. this knowing glance of, you mm -hmm. know what I know. It's this... You got my book. Oh, shit. It's yeah. True. We never get a moment of like, ah, you found the book that I planted for you. We Good. Now you know how to... Based well, on everything that we've seen so far, if it was planned, at some point someone would have said, "Ah, my plan." So came Snape, to Snape does know that he has the book before that moment. It's when he attacks Draco and Draco almost dies. That's and what I said. Yeah. Draco, and he's like, "That's my spell." Yeah. yeah. But but yeah. but I don't think that's like, "Ah, oh, good, you got that book." I think no, that's like, like, "Oh fuck, oh, you shit. got my book." Whoops. I guess I don't really know why I'm so insistent on dying upon this hill, but this is just the way that I I'm, feel. I'm hearing you, man. I I no, get it. Thank you. I feel like argument. You convinced me. Um, if anybody out there is willing to uh, argue otherwise, I'll listen to that too. So one funny thing that I that I read is I mean it's not funny but Warner Brothers <laughs> received death threats for pushing this movie's release uh, to 2009 because it was scheduled for 2008. 
Wow. Do you remember when that was the biggest thing going on? Or <laughs> like death threats of like oh, I have to wait six months for freaking Harry Potter six. That had movies coming out in twenty twenty would have been murder. Oh my gosh! Where is Wonder Woman? Blah Where's blah. Wonder we can all take a lesson from Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. What happens <laughs> when you don't delay and you know you should? Oh my god! Oh man! I'm glad that whatever problem they had with that movie they did take the extra couple months and yeah. to make yeah. it up obviously there don't to be any problems with it watching it it's a great movie absolutely thanks yeah, thanks to pushing movie. it back yeah. and god honestly, only I knows i kind of envy those people like god i wish that my life was so simple and cushy that something warranting a death threat was as simple as a movie release <laughs> my goodness could you imagine that kind of life i have a few more facts to tell you please i'm ready spill those Back, honey. So obviously, we're big McGonagall stands. Yes, we are. We love her. Yes. So Maggie Smith is an absolute legend. She was, um, she was actually undergoing radiotherapy as treatment for breast cancer while filming this movie. <gasps> oh, as if she couldn't get any more badass. Yeah. Wow. And you know, she's actually featured a lot in this film mm-hmm. too. So like, she- good for her. She's you know, she's a dame for a reason. Yeah, she's she's tremendous. Yeah, she's she's dope. A warrior, a true warrior. Another fun fact: Helen McCrory, McCrory, official pronunciation. Helen McCraw, Helen McCrory. Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> Before you say anything else, who do you think this person is? <laughs> what character do you think this person is? Oh, I think it's Draco's mom. Sorry, I should have reacted. Okay, well, I was right. Well, yeah, I, guess we'll I was gonna say I was gonna say Madame Pomfrey. <laughs> I was about to say Tonks. It's Draco's mom, right? So it's Narcissa Malfoy. Yeah, uh, Draco's mom. Draco's mom. Uh, going on. She's all that. Yeah, but it's too Wait, bad that she supports quick, the Dark Lord Voldemort. Can we talk about the fact that, like, everyone and their mother got Draco's mom's hair coloring this year? Like, I feel like it was a big trend in the past few months. Like, everyone yeah. just lifted the top layer of their hair and then bleached their yeah. two side pieces blonde. Um, so, so uh, Helen McRory, who plays Narcissa Malfoy, she was cast to play Bellatrix Lestrange in The Order of the Phoenix, but had to back out because she was pregnant. Oh. And so they brought her back to play Bellatrix's cousin? Sister? I think they um, might be sisters. Or maybe cousin. I can't keep track. Bellatrix is Sirius's Sis cousin. cousin. Gotcha. So they're sisters. I yes. think so, yeah. So Narcissa is a Lestrange. Yes. Her maiden name. She is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting, and I, I think she's actually great. The Unbreakable Vow scene was really intense oh and beautiful. God. And so she has, scene. you know, the eye contact. And, like, what a cool, what a really cool scene for both of those actors. I mean, or all of those actors in the room. But, um, you know, for Helen and for Alan, they, their eye contact was mm. so intense. And, like, you can see, like, just that glossy-eyed like teary mother's love yes like and like you know maybe becoming a mother made that more real for her filming that scene like that was that was kind of interesting watching that i was like wow she really does care like i'm like you weren't you're trying to protect him he's kind of a little shit like you know what i mean like your it's husband's kind of great. Like, you should run, sis. Your husband's in jail. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really so beautiful scene. So I loved her performance. Yeah, yeah, I think she's great. 
Um, so one of the funniest moments in in the Half Blood Prince pincers is well, there's the pincers, which is very funny. But then there's also um, my favorite Rupert Grint um, being extremely aloof to the romance happening between his sister Ginny yes. and Harry Potter. And just being in any kind of oh romantic relationship that Ginny has, I know what you're thinking about. <laughs> so, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else is, it turns out, is a sister of Bellatrix and um, Narcissa? You guys might know this. Who? Tonks. She's a sister? Apparently. This oh. is what I just looked up. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. What? They're, they're, She's they're, a Lestrange? They're, well, their maiden name, no, they're, they all married into different families. Their maiden name was, they were all blacks. Children <gasps> of Cygnus Black. Tonks is a black? Apparently, yeah. Out of context, that doesn't sound <laughs> right. Is this the same Tonks? Andromeda Tonks, is that her name? No, so that's her mom. Oh, that's your mom. Okay, well, that's but still, so she's still, she's still yeah. black. Because so this is Nymphadora black. Tonks, which is a way more badass name. Okay, so yeah, Andromeda Tonks uh, and uh, Lush, uh, sorry, uh, Andromeda Tonks, Bellastrix, Bellastrix, <laughs> and Malfoy are sisters. Wow. Yeah, so they're, you, all these families are interconnected. The Lestranges, the Malfoys, the Tonkses, the uh, Blacks. Pure bloods, baby. Yeah, man, they're hmm. all keeping in the family. So, so back to what I was saying about Rupert Grint and, uh, you know, his awkwardness around, you know, Ginny, Ginny and Harry, Ginny and baby Dean. boy, Dean Thomas, baby boy, Dean Thomas. baby boy, Thomas. like Eyes all of them, Neville, Neville even, you know, that, you know, Ginny be getting a lot more dates than anybody else. You know why? Because she's doing less. She's doing less for the community, the it's wizarding community. It's her nice skin. Yeah, I guess her skin's nice. But, um, so she's doing nothing and has a lot of boyfriends. Just Ron has an, a very extreme reaction to being, like, just not knowing what's going on between her and Harry. And it's just very funny and also me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I've had friends that were hooking up and I didn't know. And then I'm just kind of there. So the question, is, the question is, though, in this context, is Ron oblivious or is he just like I think he has, ignorant and like trying to kind of put an end to it? I think he has no idea. Yeah. And then because because then later on, I guess it's kind. I guess what happened, they don't really go into it in the movie, but in the books. So over Christmas break, that's when the Ginny and Harry thing kind of happens. I mean, we see the like. I don't know if they the kiss then or the bolt. whatever. No, she ties his shoe, bitch. Are you <laughs> dead? She's like, let me tie your shoe. Oh, your shoelace. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I can yeah. tie my own damn shoe. Yeah. Shit or get off the pot, Ginny. <laughs> As we know, Harry loves to keep his arms by his side out of respect for a lady and leave room for Jesus. Yeah. Because <laughs> with his kisses with um, Cho. Cho, which were hotter, in my opinion, and we roasted them. Yeah, yeah. that's roasted. really saying something because roasted. it was, you could you could freeze water at that temperature. Oh my yeah. gosh. Like, That was some no. OnlyFans level stuff compared to what we got today. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. Also, so, when Ginny's tying Harry's shoe and then two seconds later the Death Eaters burn their house down, like, remember how seven scenes before that, Dumbledore and Slughorn cleaned up the entire house with but a wave of their wand. Yeah. I'm kind of like, can't you guys just like 
and the whole house is saved. Help the Weasleys. Well, so Dumbledore wasn't around, and he's the most powerful wizard, and I just feel like the other wizards can't be doing it. Oh, he's so powerful he can clean? Well, no, but... That's gotta be some rudimentary shit, man. No, I, I need to... Maybe I should look this up, but I think what was actually happening is I think Slughorn, like... I think that was some sort of, like, a spell or something that, like, made the place look really disheveled and broken, and then Mm. he just, like, undid it. Because Ooh. he said that that's just someone's house that he had like broken yeah, into, and, and that they were in like the Cayman in the Islands or, some shit. or something. Yeah, and so to oh, me, yes. it, mm-hmm. it the, seemed... the Canary Islands, but he delivered it the Canary Islands, and yeah. I said the Cayman Islands. But so fuck me. <laughs> but to me, like it didn't seem like he destroyed everything and then fixed it. It seems like it was some sort of like illusion spell thing that uh, like, that made him a chair. Of, like, yeah, I like, like that. He I'm transfigured gonna... into the chair, and he just like. It's the chair. Undid the I choose spell. to believe that's true. That it was like yeah, it was all a cover. It wasn't. He didn't truly destroy exactly. things. So exactly. Well, because he was hiding, so yeah. he wanted to make it look like the place was all destroyed. So like as if Death Eaters or whatever the frick they're called like already came through there. There's certainly precedence for wizards cleaning stuff up though. In movie three, yeah. Lupin like cleaned up his office yes, with a like little wave of the wand. I feel bad for the Weasleys' house because it's like <laughs> fabulous. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's funny I noticed, a top and I think you guys clocked this too. Molly Weasley, if you change your mind, she she even says about Dumbledore, she says, what would we do without him? Foreshadowing when Snape kills Dumbledore in the third act of the Sad. Well, Molly, we're about to find out. That's exactly what I said, and you guys didn't laugh, and I was like, no shit, they don't remember. (laughs) To be fair. So when Draco goes into the room of requirement for the final time, you can see the harp, that fluffy... um, you know, listens to to fall asleep. Oh, yeah. From the uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And you'll be happy Sorcerer's to know... Stone, please. You'll be happy to know that they did say that it was Sorcerer's Slash Philosopher's Stone. Ah, respect. Now, that is a nice detail, but why? Isn't the whole... They had it lying around. <laughs> is it, isn't the whole detail about... Because the Room of Requirement shows up to those who need it when they need it, and so... This particular room of requirement is I need a place to hide something. Yeah. That's why that vanishing cabinet is there, and that's why uh, Ginny and Harry can access it to hide the Half-Blood Prince's book. Yeah. But why do they... Why would they need to... I'm being a total nerd right now, but why would... I don't. I feel like Fluffy's harp wouldn't belong in there. Why My, would they need to hide that? I have a bigger question. And it's for students, right? I mean, yeah. So that would suggest that a teacher hid it there, or that Hagrid hid it there, which Sometimes seems you need a harp to learn to play harp on. <laughs> I require a harp. What say no more? <laughs> so, so my bigger question is, where the fuck is Fluffy? Yeah, Fluffy was not dispatched of in the first movie. Where the hell no, is Fluffy? No. no, they just sort of like. If the harp. Is there? Gone. Aragog is dead. Don't go deeper. Buckbeak in. is gone. No, what Buck, happened to Hagrid's Buck, big dog? Buckbeak is with Sirius. Sirius had Buckbeak, and then I believe Buckbeak is either released or dies. Where's right? The big, where's where are all the centaurs and the giants? Where's the three-headed the dog? Woods, and the three-headed dog. Don't go deeper into that room of requirement because you don't find him. The harp's there. Where Fluffy. there's harp, there's fire. Dark. I hate to keep harping on about this, but why was that there? That was a great joke for a truck driving by. One of my favorite ticks, if you will, about Voldemort is that he um, he does kind of have that little neck crack that yeah. is super 
um, identifiable. And um, Harry has a brief reaction to the ring that Dumbledore has in his office um, that kind of hints at that has that same kind of little neck crack foreshadowing the fact that Harry is also a horcrux. Yeah. And um, it's interesting because this was the first time they subtly hint at that Mm -hmm. because this movie was the first one um, that they made knowing the absolute end of the whole series. Mm. So this movie, they they tried to take Mm. a little bit more of some liberties with the you know hinting that harry's been a horcrux all along yeah like foreshadowing Mm. to it they were finally able to do that which is kind of interesting and also like relieving because then you go back and you're like oh they could think that was that you know what i mean in the in the earlier movies and you know it's kind of interesting like okay now we know the story like you know if we would have had that foresight for game of thrones it would have been a little (laughs) different yeah it could have been a little bit different um interesting though I, I found myself thinking like Dumbledore's like this is the most important memory Slughorn has what could it be yeah. and then when he sees it he's, he seems to already kind of be like yeah I was afraid it was that like mm-hmm. could he not have maybe surmised it was that well based so based on the fact he already had possession of two of the Horcruxes yeah I think I think that he kind of knew and it was just more devastating to finally that is confirm. fucked up though it's like oh so you've been Full ass hunting these Horcruxes, but you really need that memory. Like you already knew that. Well, it so just kind of feels like a lot of the plot of all of these is like, Harry, please put yourself in grave peril to confirm information I already know. Thank you so much. Yeah. No. Just so me? there's there's right, a part. I I was seeing it. I, obviously, I've seen this one a lot, and so I was waiting for the moment to have. Um, to have Dumbledore realize what was happening. Yeah. And they actually have a scene before he kind of gives it away where he, you can see in Dumbledore's eyes he knows what's going on. And then he says, okay, Harry, let's go on a mission. You can't fail. Yeah. And so there's this moment, and I, I don't think it's the neck crack, or maybe it is the neck crack scene. There's There's a certain thing that Harry does where they're talking about the other objects, the ring or the book or whatever, and Harry does something and and Dumbledore has that look over his face like, oh my god, it's you. Like, yeah. So, right, I, and then, but then, but then Harry says something like, we have to tell blah blah or we have to do whatever and, and then they just leave it. Yeah. But you see Dumbledore realize what's going on. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about this movie is it's like, Dumbledore, even though there are still some things that are kind of unknown and some things he kind of leaves in the dark, this is the first movie where Dumbledore is fully like, okay, Harry, come on, work with me. This is what we're going to do. This is what I think is going on. What? You don't agree? He literally brings him on. (laughs) But wouldn't it be great if he was like, oh, and P.S., Snape has to kill me. Mm-hmm. And he's well, a true ally to you, and he's a double agent, and you can trust him. Like that would be interesting information for you I to share. He no? was worried though because Voldemort can read his mind, so if he if yeah. he's privy yeah, to this information, true. he can't that know. Could be dangerous. He oh, can't, so Harry can't he know. Can't know anything. Snape has to be the deepest of double agents. Harry can't know. I thought Harry finally figured out how to use occlumency or whatever well, it's like, called, because he of. pushes Voldemort out of his mind. I, at the I, end it's of getting the last... stronger. Though Voldemort gets stronger, and and they're they're like, yeah, they're protecting Harry's mind a lot. Yeah, they're they're definitely leading it. Maybe even that book was a distraction. But, but so, but then, if Harry knows about the Horcruxes, I, I don't know. I mean, it, 
Maybe we're just in one of those about places the where it's but if, like, he know, if he knows that Snape is a double agent, like, it's kind of game over. Voldemort Snape, kills Snape, Snape yes, Snape but if, if Harry knows about the Horcruxes, then Voldemort would go get all the Horcruxes and keep them close. But there's one he can't get because it's on Harry's forehead. Right, yeah. but all of the other ones. I mean, I did, I, and maybe this is just one of those things where it's like, if we, maybe it's just a, a bit of a plot hole. That's exactly what it was, though, Tor. When, when Dumbledore realizes Harry's a Horcrux... He reads his line to his forehead, and he says, and I think I found another one. Yes. Yeah. Bye! And then wow. they go find the freaking necklace. Yeah. Wow. I, I know what you're talking about. Oh, it's so good. This this movie was so good. One last fact about, um, you know, just our big favorite character in this whole thing, and I think we can all agree it's Voldemort. Um, oh. He was... It's almost his birthday. Voldemort's or yeah. or Ray Fiennes. Voldemort. So oh. Voldemort was born on New Year's Eve, nineteen twenty-six. Wow! Is that, that's Tom Riddle's birthday. That is, yeah. Or Voldemort's birthday. So he's a Capricorn it's, ass yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> and he'd be killing everybody. Well, happy almost birthday, Voldemort. One thing. One final piece that I'll say about this movie that, like, I think my sort of favorite thing about this movie in particular is that I feel like it's the perfect synthesis between the darkness of the final chapters of this saga and the light and frivolous energy of the beginning chapters of this saga. Like, there are so many moments that are so funny, so lighthearted. Yeah. Comical, lovely, quirky, all of those great things that we see in kind of, like, one through three and a half. Yeah. But it still has all of that really intense darkness and maturity that some of the latter movies, obviously, are, are sort of hinged upon. You know, there's stuff the love potion and like yeah. teenagers in love. There's definitely still a lot of whimsy in this. You yeah, know, it's kind of desaturated and, and whimsy that we heavy. haven't seen in like a movie and a half. Yeah, I mean, true. five is so dark. I think that once we lost Sirius, it changed. I think that it changed for Harry as far as how to go forward and what his life is. And even in you know this movie, he's like, you know, I can't. I'm not coming back here. I have mm-hmm. to go and do yeah. this stuff. Like it's. It's very apparent that, like, okay, my high school experience is kind of done. Yeah. I have to go be an adult and and do the best I can for everybody. And so I think that I think that from the serious death moment, it gets pretty dark. And I think now that Dumbledore's gone, it's it's all dark. Yeah. Yeah, it, it seems that Harry. It seems that Harry finally understands when Sirius dies that part of this journey is loss yeah with loss on 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 both sides and there's kind of a an acceptance i think that happens there Mm -hmm. there's no getting through this unscathed right oh it's so good i'm having so much fun re-watching these with you guys i think i I need i I think the one thing that i've definitely realized while re-watching is i need to reread oh man i want i want all of the tea on the reread for sure because you know there's so many things that we are questioning we're like i don't know did you read the book like i feel like we do need it's been a decade plus for me yeah it's it's fun to re-watch this as an adult i bet it would be fun to re-read the 
the books as well. Well, you guys, I'm having absolutely the best time. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. Yay. I love Harry Potter. I'm Yay. so glad you guys do too. I know. Fuck. What are we going to do after this? We're going to do Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic and Beasts. then the Twilight series. <laughs> and then we're going to have Sam come back and tell us what happened to the books. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because after all this Potter, I don't know if I could have the attention span to read. I'm... I'm just overwhelmed and I know what happens in the end and it's yeah. just like it, having any more knowledge would just probably make me sad. <laughs> I was honestly convinced that at the very end of the seventh book, 11-year-old Harry was just going to wake up under those stairs. No. I honestly was kind of like, that would be unbelievable. It was all a dream. But and he's not magic. But his out to have been Dumbledore the whole time. It was never Uncle Vernon. Oh my God. <laughs> I would be... I'm, I'm going to make you guys write a page essay on what would have happened if that happened. Like, what the reality of the world would have been. Oh my We'd god. We'd all be dead. Yeah. Apocalypse level. Oh no. Speaking of apocalypse, it's almost... Oh my god. Voldemort's birthday. Over. It's almost... <laughs> oh yeah, that's the year of our Dark Lord uh, 2021. Well, you guys, thank you so much for coming on, and um, I'm gonna continue drinking, so uh, <laughs> cheers, darling. Cheers, darling. Cheers, until next time when we talk about Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. <gasps> Guess who dies next? Snape. Snape. No. Dobby. <gasps> oh, fuck. Wow. Dobby. Fuck you for that. <laughs> but also DF, he's an elf. Thank you for listening to Cheers Darlin Presents the Slug Club. If you enjoyed listening to us talk about all things Potter, please don't hesitate to like, rate, and subscribe so that you never miss a thing. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you like to get your good, good podcasts. If you want to be kept in the loop on all things Cheers Darlin content, go ahead and follow at Cheers Darlin Podcast on Instagram and follow our host Sloan Avery at Sloan Avery X. For more from our special guests, you can follow Torrance Coombs at Torrance Coombs, Samantha Feckety at Samantha underscore Feckety, and Ryan McCartan at M-C-C-A-R-Y-A. Definitely want to smash that follow button for that guy. Anyway, cheers, darling. <laughs>